0: Syracuse shocks everybody 31 to seven over Louisville oh my gosh Garrett Schrader ranked number one this week in terms of PFF graded quarterback I mean it this is la la land I I can't believe it on
1: wake up bones it's a Monday episode let's ride
0: locked on Syracuse your daily podcast on the Syracuse orange part of the locked on podcast network Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine with you on your Monday episode of Locked On Syracuse. Thanks for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Syracuse won. Nobody thought they would except for Lee Corso, and they did it. They proved him right. I, I couldn't be more amped. And guess what? I have been incredibly overconfident in this team for the last week. They've done something dangerous, and they have fueled my confidence. They have justified my confidence what a win 31 to 7 Syracuse beats Louisville and Louisville didn't even
1: look like they had a chance no they had their foot on the gas pedal from the get-go went out looked great did some things well did a lot of things well I will say and Bones you you got to take your credit here you say Lee Corso is the only one that, that thought Syracuse would win you were non-stop they're gonna win this game they're gonna win this game I don't know why, but they're going to win this game. I'm overly (laughs) confident. That's all I heard from you over the last week. Here we go. You are 100% correct. This is the reverse of what you've seen in this Louisville-Syracuse series over the last three years. And, uh, you know, for these guys, especially this older crew that has worked through some of the losses, that has experienced the number of those embarrassments, uh, as we said, you know, 71-3 the combined score over the last two seasons to come out and get a statement win against a very, very good quarterback. All right. We cannot deny that they shut down an outstanding quarterback and they come out with a big time win in a big time game in one of their biggest season openers that you can find in the last couple of decades.
0: Yeah, dude. I mean, when they came out and they, they had the, they had the ball first, of course, and yeah. the offense came out. You didn't know exactly what they were going to run first. You get like a Sean draw and then Schrader drops back. And I thought, oh, no, like how, this is the first pass. Like, how is he going to look? And it looked like not terrible. And I was like, <laughs> oh, don't tell me he can throw now because <laughs> that changes. Yeah, Courtney Jackson on and a little curl. Did. That was yeah. crazy. Devon Cooper was catching passes. Courtney was catching passes. Aronde Gadsden. Oh my goodness. They used the tight end. It was the offense was everything we could want and more. Because that's what happens. Louisville dared Syracuse to throw. And it did. They came out and they proved that they could. I don't know what happened to Schrader. If it was confidence he needed, maybe just having a year under his belt was enough. Maybe he just got killed over the summer by the defense in training camp. I don't know what happened, but he came out a new quarterback, and he was fantastic, and it offered Sean uh, a, a way to be open. I mean, if you have to respect the pass for Syracuse, you then have to leave Sean open on some plays because you have to then guard the receivers, which is not something we saw pretty much ever last year. So the offense is revitalized. You have something new in, in point-scoring capability, and now – you look towards the defense and see what's going on there. There were they were fantastic. They got beat
1: yeah. on one trick play and then stopped them at the goal line. Yeah, goal line stand on that play, outstanding. Just and uh, to go back to what you're saying with with Garrett and his confidence. I mean he he really came out and just played a, a, a sound, complete game yesterday. Right, eighteen for twenty five for two thirty seven and two touchdowns and then 105 yards on the ground just or 95 yards net on the ground but uh he he just had it like it was so simple it really was we talked about going into this game you know last year how simply Malik Cunningham threw for four touchdowns and ran for another one. I felt like that's kind of what you were getting out of Schrader. Yes, there were a couple of flashier plays, you know, when he breaks out and runs or uh, a couple of longer passes, but even, you know, his long pass to Tucker is just on a screen pass. He really just played that simple game, really, really composed, not trying to do too much. And I think that's where you saw, you know, him really start to excel. And as Dino said in the press conference after, you're really, this is so complimentary. When you can get that passing game going, it opens up so many opportunities for A, Schrader as a mobile quarterback, and B, you know, that guy that you're throwing a Heisman campaign for and Sean Tucker, right? Dino says after the game, it is drastically different stopping Sean Tucker when you can pack the box with 10 defensive players as opposed to when this field is spread out and you've got to make one-on-one tackles in open field It's really, really difficult. And I think because they're passing the ball more and because they can pass the ball more and must spread the field out a lot more, Sean's going to get his fix and his fill a little bit easier this year, uh, which can leave him, you know, so much room for, for having these big games, right? He runs for 98 and what, 85 more on the ground. So he's putting up 170 and, and change 180 uh, and change in his first game. Like he really looked sound as well. This Robert and I offense, uh, it, it had something, and you were saying right when you you look at the the tight end being used, the number of receivers that they were throwing to. Uh, I always my big gripe last year was put put a guy in motion, please. The amount of information you can steal from putting someone in motion, uh, and just you know the the number of other options that you can have in doing so uh you know Gadsden was a guy that I saw in motion a good amount a couple other guys in motion it opens up so many opportunities and it was really really nice and a relief to be able to watch you know what looked like a competent offense out there and and play calling that made sense and you know yes you're taking shots and maybe they don't work every time but you're you're trying some things uh and, and that's something that's really cool is that when you have the sound offense that that robert and i have sort of instilled already then you can get a little bit trickier or get a little bit flashier and try a few things when the spot is right as opposed to when everything has to be focused on can we sneak a few yards can we sneak this can we sneak that when the offense is flowing a little bit you can pick your spots and i think that's something that we'll be able to continue to see and i am i'm fired up with this offense right now
0: here's a stat for you, Tucker. In this game, six receptions. That's a career high. He only had 20 receptions all of last year. So, in that number, you can kind of see where the difference lies in terms of what the offense is going to offer this year compared to what it offered last year. We heard a little bit about that from Stephen Bailey in the preseason, but now we got to see it. And Tucker did his damage in the aerial attack, he didn't necessarily have break off for a long run. He did it from screen from a screen pass. Like you said, 55-yard screen pass. He broke it to the house. His rushing touchdown was on the goal line. So, yeah. like, I'm so glad that they are taking advantage of this weapon in Sean Tucker and they're doing whatever they can to get him the ball in open space. Because, what, like Dino said in the post-game press yeah. conference, I don't know if everybody heard it, but he was basically saying, it changes the game when Sean is out there in open space and now you have to tackle him in open space compared to right behind the the, the offensive line it's a different story it's a ho- totally different thing and Sean can move yeah he was- he can play he took wide receiver snaps in training camp like he can do it all so
1: him being that guy and so versatile within the offense is just crazy for this team yeah and then you look at you know that that first drive i'll, I'll go back to here just because i think it's that perfect example when you've you know sort of shown and, and brought up and in preseason media and stuff like that, you hear Sean talking about how he's going to get the ball and be more involved in the passing game and things of that nature. you know you see on that first drive, he, he pops out for a little swing route, and the Louisville defense collapsed on him pretty quick, and you, you as you have to, when you know how explosive and versatile he is and how they want to incorporate him in the passing game, and in doing that leaves uh, I think it was Ronda Gadston on a, on a little out route or something like that, wide open and like at 14, 15 yards downfield, because Sean is going to be so valuable and so much more involved in this passing game. It's going to create so much more open space as defenses have to adjust. Players are going to have to pick him up and you're going to start to see gaps. I know that's something that, you know, we talked about with Stephen Bailey and how, They have a lot of running back options in terms of, you know, where Sean goes. And if he sees this, he can do option A. And if he sees this, he can do option B and how they really can just adjust on the fly. And I think that is going to create so many opportunities for Syracuse and that you're going to get, you know, better looks and one-on-one coverage and a little bit more open space uh, in throwing to a receiver on the sideline. And I think that is really a huge benefit of you know, involving Sean a lot more or in run, involving the running back as a whole a lot more in the passing game is, is what it can do to to open up space for other receivers. And then, you know, maybe you'll throw a screen pass and Sean goes, whoop, 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 and then runs for 55 yards and a touchdown because that helps too. But I mean, this really is, there's so much benefit to that up or increased involvement with Sean and the running back as a whole in the passing game. All
0: right, we'll talk defense after the break uh let me read a quick ad here from built bar if you haven't tried built bar puffs yet you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys and guess what there's a new flavor delicious indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate that's right built has done it again let me introduce you to your favorite cookie dough chunk puffs they've got a light and chewy texture real cookie dough chunks and of course they're covered in 100 percent real chocolate All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of preparing it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat, or if you're on Valentine, you find a good hiding place and you just hoard them all for yourself. Like all Built bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. So good. What's great about Built is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late-night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat and sugar. Grab yourself a built bar. Go to built.com. Use promo code locked on 15 and get 15% off your order. Promo code locked on 15. All righty. Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine back with you talking Syracuse's big 31 to seven win in the opener. Uh, Let's just talk about, by the way, for a quick second, how Syracuse now has a conference victory. Like that's crazy. Outside of
1: 2018, they have never had more than two, and that's one yeah. in the first game. That's nuts. In the first nuts. week.
0: And another thing they they have the ability to do, the potential to do, and probably will do since 20 last time since 2018 was is go two and zero to start a year.
1: They haven't done yeah. that since 2018. I just, you know, I, I want to throw this out there, and you know, I'm going to go macro for a second before we go back into, uh, you know, some of the more specifics of this game. The confidence difference at one and zero with an ACC win going into week two against a UConn team that, even though you know maybe they looked a little better than we might have thought in uh, in their first week, uh, they're, they're still they should be what exactly you think UConn is. So you're looking to go two and like that. That confidence boost mentally, right? You know what lingers on that schedule. You know the stretch that you have to play in the middle of the season. To be 1-0 and with a great chance at going 2-0 and and then coming back into the Dome for Purdue and hopefully the Syracuse faithful come out and support a 2-0 team in the Dome uh, and, and get loud and get rowdy because you saw how that could help. That confidence boost for the fans, for the players, you know, in trying to get to that six and six threshold, one and zero makes six and six an absurdly amount more manageable than zero and one. With that one and one, and you're going in to play a Purdue team that looked pretty good this week. To be completely honest, it's going to be a tough game. So to you know, almost not that you want to have it as a fallback, but the fact that you, if you drop to Purdue or if whatever happens, can be two and one now as opposed to one and two, that is gigantic. For we this did entire a whole season. episode
0: last month in August about how big of a win this would be. Yeah, they got it, and they got it, and I don't rightfully think, so. Like it is crazy that they won this game, a- and it changes the trajectory of the season, like you said, yeah. like so drastically. All right, anyway, let's talk some defense because that's what we're here to do. Oh, yeah. Um, the defense was fantastic. Uh, like seriously, they, again, they got beat on one trick play and that hurt, but then a goal line stop made it, made okay. it fine. Um, I think the first thing we got to talk about is the, the Garrett pick. Like oh that was God. insane. Uh, you it were in the so dome. Crazy. What did it feel like? What
1: What was it like when he picked that ball off? Uh, first of all, I mean, the dome was rocking last night. It really was. Uh, it was really cool, uh, to see that crowd in week one, get loud. I think it was. Louisville's opening drive Um, on third down. That place got loud, false start, and that was what you needed to really solidify that this crowd was going to have a day, Uh, an opening drive, false start. But that play, uh, I like to, you know, I had seats in the 300s last night. I was bouncing around from spot to spot, trying to pick in, you know, see some different locations, see some uh, different atmospheres. I was standing in the front row of the student section uh, for that play. And it was incredible. Uh, Just, you sort of knew when that ball was thrown and you saw Garrett where he was, I was like, oh, wow, Garrett's got this. Garrett's got this. Garrett's got this. Bang. And he makes an unbelievable pick in the corner. And Dino said in the press conference last night that that was, you know, one of the things that they had been burned on in the past. That same route, that same play type. And so that just sort of, I feel like that is is that not just a cherry on top of everything in that win is that after all that's happened in the last 2 3 years playing Louisville on the road and you you know rightfully getting embarrassed uh, in those games it was not good and you have finally made that adjustment you figured it out you knew and in the film study you saw this is something that they've done this is something that has worked and you figure it out and the play presents itself and you make a big boy play In week one, in your NFL campaign season, that is outstanding. And the place, rightfully so, lit up. And the defense was going nuts on the sideline right in front of me. And everyone in that place was fired up. It was incredible. What a play. Uh, And then to have the atmosphere to boot is just, you know, I'll I'll throw another cherry on top of this Sunday. So now there's two cherries uh, on the ice cream Sunday that we're drafting today.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was fantastic. That play, at first when he threw the ball up, I was like, okay, there's the touchdown. Because, like like Dino said, we've seen that play before. Yeah. And then, you know, he, he was kind of wide open. And then Garrett yeah. just goes – I don't know, Super Saiyan, and goes and he finds that ball, just grabs it out of the stomach of the receiver. Like that was, it was one of the all-time plays I've seen from. a series I felt like
1: I was almost I wrongfully watching Garrett at the start. I was like, "Oh, Garrett's got to do it," and then I was like, "Oh, but maybe Garrett is not." And then I was like, "Oh, Garrett," and I was like, "Thank God, I watched Garrett the whole way because you <laughs> literally got the inside track." I was like, "Oh my!" And so he gets, there was that he play. elevated. He elevated. There was that play,
0: and then there was also. How about Steve Linton in this game? Oh my
1: God, Steve
0: Linton was fantastic in this game. I mean, he was everywhere for Syracuse. A forced fumble, a fumble recovery in week one. He was. He had a sack, two sacks. He he was incredible. The guy was an animal, uh, and he had to be because he had one sack, two tackles for loss. That was what it was. Uh, and the forced fumble and the recovery. He was so so good. I mean, that guy he had to be because everybody was dropping like flies and we're going to talk about that in a second but and he wasn't even listed on the depth chart he was the third ranked defensive end which I don't know how he felt about that but I can't imagine it was very good he came out and proved that he should be on the field that guy was an animal Uh, and when you can trust a guy like that in the depths of your depth chart that's so huge. Like, that is so huge. He wasn't the only player that was fantastic. There were a bunch of other guys. Marlowe had a crazy game. Two and a half yeah. tackles for loss, half a sack, and ten tackles. Mikel, of course, had a game. How about that sack at the end of the game right. on Malik? That was oh, so, yeah. like, you oh, know he yeah. wanted that because of the whole quote thing? Like, Malik's putting his quote up in the locker. Like, Mikel's like, I don't care. Spin moved, you're on the ground. Like, that was so awesome. Um
1: yeah, I mean like every the defense was so good, dude. Like so good. That was as advertised with this defense. Like it was what you wanted to see, right? You look at Tony White, you look at this defense and, and the things that you've seen flashes of the past, right? You've seen it at times and you know, you know, tip the cap again to the offense, right? You finally have the offense doing their part on the other side. Giving the defense enough rest so that they're not, you know, on their hands and knees, gasping for air in the third and fourth quarter, right? Your offense is doing its part to give the defense rest. The defense can finally play, and you you've got guys that rose to the occasion, and, and Steve is is that guy today for me, and like really just, I, I am so amazed at like how good of a game he had, because I think a lot of guys, when that first depth chart comes out and and you're not listed, uh, you know, you can, it mentally hurts. And, you know, we, you could talk about that. Uh, We were talking about before we hopped on Dino's quote about calling a timeout when the quarterback's helmet comes off to avoid, you know, Carlos D'Oreal Wilson coming in and and how that happened to him uh, when he was playing and the confidence sort of just, deteriorating from him he asked for a position once his coach change. called timeout. Yeah, and he asked for a position change because that I, I was how much that if, meant to him.
0: You should go watch that post-game press conference because there's yeah. a lot of good stuff in there from Dino. And and that quote was one of them, that story he told
1: about that. hundred percent. You know, if you're Steve Linton and, and you don't make the two deep going into week one, you can easily take a hit on your confidence. And to show up in week one and get an opportunity – and own that opportunity is absolutely amazing. Uh that that is just that I'm so happy for him uh and excited to see that that he rose to the occasion and said, Yeah, you know what? Maybe right now you don't think that, but I, I'm still gonna fight, I'm still gonna compete. Uh and, and he he rose, right? You said a two tackles for loss, a sack, a fumble forced fumble, fumble recovery. He was everywhere. He did everything that you needed him to do yesterday. Uh, and shows out as, I will call him my defensive player of the game, um, especially given that story and that, you know, him just coming in and saying, you know, when it's my turn, let's go. We're, I'm ready. Let's ride when it's time. Uh, and, and he did it. So, you know, tip the cap to Steve because that was awesome. But this defense as a whole, I mean, they just, it worked. You hold Malik yeah. Cunningham to what, 100 and change passing yards, 150 passing yards. And thirty-four rushing yards. What was the number that we said was when we recorded was Friday or Thursday's episode? Did we say three twenty-five, three fifty? Um, or did we we say three touchdowns? Oh my gosh, I can't find it. But or did we not even go with that one? That was a discussion we had, right? We were like, if we (laughs) can, you know, see Syracuse hold Malik Cunningham to under three hundred fifty all-purpose yards or under 3 or 3 or fewer touchdowns then they're in a good position to win this game. What would we have said Thursday to? Score, you man. you hold Malik to 150 passing yards, 34 rushing yards and zero touchdowns along with the fact that you picked him off two times.
0: I would think he was like hurt at halftime and didn't play the second half.
1: <laughs> it, yeah, right? It's incredible to see them come out with that and, and play as, you know, staunch defense as you could find. Uh, against an offense that is really experienced we talked about it right you have four returning o-linemen you bring in a a virginia tech transfer at center who is very good you've got preseason all-american players on your offensive line uh a guy in malik cunningham that is you know number 49 on espn's top college football players of 2020 and they shut him down
0: man and you How about the- another guy, by the way? Just shout out another guy who had a huge game, stepped up. Derek McDonald, former tight end. He yes. comes in, picks a guy off. I mean, that oh. was awesome from Derek to see. That's my guy. And I'm really, really glad he made that play. Okay, let's move on real quick because we're, we're getting up against it here. Uh, time to talk about the negatives of this game. Yes. And there were a few. Uh, obviously, 18 freaking penalties was j- I mean, just penalties. brutal. It was seriously brutal. Like, I could not believe it every single time. Kalan Ellis, Veterello, and Bleich just got hammered by penalties. And it was never Bergeron and Davis. It was always the three middle guys. And Veterello, like, Kalan Ellis and Bleich, I'll give a little bit to because they're new. But, dude, Veterello, you've been here forever, dude. Like, you have to not. You're the center. How How does the center even get called for a false start? I don't understand. Like, Don't you just snap the got ball. got called so many times. Snap infraction, false start. Like, what are you doing? I, I swear, like, 10 of those were on Kalan Ellis, too. Like, I it was brutal. It was really, seriously brutal. But credit to Babers for leaving him leaving him in and letting him figure it out because it yeah. uh, goes back to the confidence thing. But still, like, 18 penalties was truly brutal. Like, oh, my goodness. Terrible. So terrible. 18 for 107.
1: Come on. And they still only scored once. Yards. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> mostly, most of the penalties were on offense. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Uh, you know, Louisville would, I think, seven for fifty as well. Uh, so there were penalties on both sides. Yeah, Louisville had penalties
0: a... too, but like 18. Like, I think that's a program record. Like, I'm like 90% sure it is. It's it's a lot of penalties. Leaf. My I,
1: I look at that and I I'm gonna stay positive today despite the fact that this is a negative, that you had 18 penalties. I think a lot of the penalties were growing pains with the new offense and the fact that a lot of these guys aren't necessarily used to man in motion and that sort of timing thing because of, you know, what you saw under Sterling Gilbert and the fact that there wasn't motion and you weren't utilizing tight ends. And there was a lot – it's a much more complicated offense in terms of the fact that you are moving guys. And, you know, I, well, I think I'll talk about this every show ever. Rondé Gadsden can line up everywhere in that flex tight end spot. And you've got some new timing things. And it is still a new offense for everybody involved on this team. Uh, I I think a a handful of them, you can chalk to growing pains a little bit. uh, And I will excuse some. uh, But the O-line, this is your week, right? That was your one week of, okay, we're not quite used to playing together with the five of us. We're still a little bit new to this gig. You've got some newer faces on that O-line, despite the fact that they have some experience. You've got a little bit, a little bit of flexibility against UConn. I will excuse a little bit, but this week that we just watched and next week, that's it. You can't be in this penalty, penalty, penalty. Thank God Syracuse was able able to overcome a lot of them. Um, because yeah. a lot of them could have been drive-ending penalties, um, you know, in in years past or uh, in, in other situations. So the the fact that they overcame, yeah, them, I, mean, I guess was, is good. But yeah, really, you, you, you've got to fix like, that. Lucky, yeah, you've got to fix other that. Other thing. Week.
0: So there's two other things I want to talk about in terms of it. And we're really up against it, so I'm going to get them out quick. But the drops were brutal. Imagine yes. there were no drops in that game. Schrader probably throws for 300 yards or close yeah. to it. So you can't be i mean it was it felt to me and i tweeted this from our account that it felt like schrader finally figured out like okay we have an arm now but now nobody can catch the football like come on like you can't you can't have it both ways like come on guys like it was ridiculous like devon dropped the ball isaiah jones dropped the ball uh courtney dropped the ball like it was getting ridiculous so the drops were brutal like they're they have like they had they played a really good game, but they have their work cut out for them in in yeah. uh, practice this week. and then the other thing is the injuries, man. like eh, people were dropping like flies first Elmore, and that did not look good. He's on crutches. No. Then you had Stefan Thompson on crutches. Then Sean went down, and that was scary. You texted me. you're like, I'm in the bathroom. who's hurt?" I was like, "Oh no. It's <laughs> like it's Sean, man <laughs> um that was that was scary, but I think Sean was okay. Um, and then, uh, and then Mike Marlow was down too, and that was scary. I think Marlowe's going to be okay, but that was a scary one. So,
1: yeah.
0: it was just you like everybody was dropping like flies. I don't know what that is. Maybe the training camp or training room, like someone's got to figure that out. Like, they can't just be out there getting hammered every week, uh, yeah. in games. You can't lose four guys, a week. you can't, you cannot, you, especially like also. I don't know about you, but. After they it was a done deal that they were gonna win the game, like take Schrader and Tucker out. Like, why are they in the game? Like, I couldn't believe that. Like, Schrader may be fine. Like, you want to get him snaps with the offensive line and whatnot, but like Sean Tucker did not need to be in that game, like in the fourth quarter at all. Like (laughs) it was it was ridiculous. Put LaQuint in, put Juwan Price in. Let them see what they can do. They're gonna win, man. Like, don't risk an injury here. You can get hurt on every single play. It's there's a chance you get hurt every play. That's, look at what Elmore did. Elmore's injury was he was off 50 yards away from the play, and he was just blocking, and his ankle snapped. Like, it can happen any single play. So I don't understand
1: what was going on there. But anyway, uh, that's Closing all we got. From me. Okay, go ahead. Closing thought. Celebrate. The celebration is over when this episode releases. You got work to do. Don't drop a stupid game against UConn and be ready in two weeks to play Purdue.
0: I agree. They, they need to come geared up for Purdue. And you know what? I think they will. This is my closing point to react to your closing point. I think they will. And the reason I do is because I think this team has a maturity level that last year's did not. Uh, Schrader told us that at the ACC Media Day, and I absolutely believe him, and we kind of saw that. So I think they will. Okay. That's all we got. Thanks for making lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. An eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling from Locked On Bets, all combining into one ultimate NFL preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Matt Bonaparte. That's Owen Valentine. We will talk to you tomorrow.